Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, 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 beloved listeners. I am so jazzed to have you back for another episode. Uh, We are at, I think, around about episode 89 or something at the moment, which is cool. (laughs) We are closing in on those 100 episodes and we are just kind of all about podcasting over here at Team Holly Marie this year. It's Podcasting has been something that has been just kind of sitting on the edge and it's something that I've just been doing as my voice wants to speak. But I really felt called to bring more attention to it this year and bring more focus and intention to it this year. And I'm really enjoying the process of just building this out and having this focus on it, bringing a lot more voices on. I'm guesting a lot on other people's podcasts. And um, I think just being a bit more clear in the topics that I'm bringing to speak about, particularly in these solo episodes where we just have this intimacy between between you and I and we're just hanging out talking. Um, the last couple of years have really been foundational building with these podcast episodes where I've been doing a lot of teaching and bringing a lot of kind of more structural human design talk. And now I feel like we're in a place as manifestors, for those who've been hanging around and listening for a while, we're in a place where we can just go into some of these more nuanced pockets. We can start looking at um, a little more of these gray areas of the manifesto experience and what do they mean and how do they show up and how do we journey through those. So thank you for being here and listening. Thank you for continuing to to listen on every week. I know there are a lot of you that listen in every single week and I'm incredibly grateful for you. Thank you for being here. This episode is all about the profile lines and I've been digging into stuff about the profile lines over the last little while, just in my own personal journey. They're always an area of human design that has fascinated me. Um, I think that they're probably the most easily connectable parts of human design. I think that we can really understand the behaviors around the profile lines probably more easily than we can with a lot of other areas. There just seems to be a specific kind of clarity and ease to them, at least in my experience. What I've been playing with lately, though, is really digging into this sort of surprising area that I have never read anything about before. I just started witnessing it in myself and in other people. And so I kind of followed followed the rabbit hole, right? Dove in and started to, to burrow down a little bit into what is this thing that I'm seeing and where does this come from and what does this mean for all of us? And That area that I've been looking into is really around kind of shadow and wounding on each of the profile line experiences. 
What shadows and wounds do we experience based on the profile lines that we have? Because what I found for the first several years that I've been in human design is that the profile lines are really spoken about, yes, with clarity, yes, with directness, which I love and it's so valuable, but it's almost with this kind of sunshine and roses things, you know, we're like, oh, the line ones, they love to just research and learn and investigate. And the line twos are just hermits who like to create. And our line threes are just the funny trial and error people. Our line fours love to connect. Our line fives love to problem solve and tell people what to do. And our line sixes just like to be objective and share wisdom, right? Easy, wrapped up, nice and neat in little packages. Except that that's not the sum total of the experience. I shared about in the previous episode, uh, episode 88, on looking at the fears that we experience when we initiate as manifestors. I shared about light and dark, you know, light and shade, that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. For every energy, there is an opposing energy. Every experience that we have as humans has duality and polarity to it, where it can be both a a brilliant, bright, expansive experience, and it can also be a limited, shadow, painful experience. This is the whole concept behind our undefined and open energy centers, is that we can have a low expression and a high expression. The low expression is conditioning. The high expression is the wisdom and expansion that comes from the openness of that energy. We have the same with our energy centers. We can have it in an aligned frequency or a shadow frequency. Yes, there is always this kind of duality, a one side versus the other side. And I think that it really makes a lot of sense to me logically to to see that our, our line expressions, our profile lines have exactly the same. Of course they do. Our gates all do. Our channels all do. And the line expressions are part of that. They're part of that energy. So why would our profile line expressions not have a shadow as well as a light to them? I'm going to dive into each of the six profile lines and look at the the shadows and the wounds that I've observed in these lines. This, I don't think, is well-formed enough in my mind to do any sort of kind of high-level teaching on it, you know, like not running a masterclass or a, a program or anything on it. But it is something that I want to bring up here on this podcast because I think it's going to be something that's really valuable for you to listen to and perhaps reflect on in yourself and see where potentially you might be operating out of wounding in some areas of your profile lines. But this by no means is meant to be an extensive, deep teaching. I think there's just so much deeper that we can go into with all of all of this concept with this whole thing and so I'm not promising to to bring you an in-depth teaching here I'm really just promising to initiate you into this concept so that you can then take it and see if it resonates with you so now that that informing is done and it's out of the way and you're fully aware of what I'm bringing here let's dive in our line ones let's start at the beginning our line ones known in human design as the investigator. Our line ones are the people who are, yes, on the more introverted side of the scale, right? They have a personal experience rather than an interpersonal experience. So for them, it's about self rather than relationships. They like to have a lot of time alone. They can get tired by being around other people and they love to 
learn. They're detail-oriented. They have a focus on researching, on learning, on gaining knowledge. I think one of the most helpful things I ever learned about line ones is that there is a desire to saturate yourself in existing knowledge. Existing knowledge. It's not about wisdom. It's about the the receiving and the consuming of existing knowledge. So this means when a line one is fascinated by something, they will often read all the books, read all the blogs, do the big Google search, listen to all the podcasts, um, maybe do some programs. It's existing knowledge. They want to consume the knowledge that is already out there about this thing. And then when they reach a certain level of satisfaction with it, then they can start sharing that knowledge onwards. What I've found is the shadow frequency, that wounding with the line ones, is not knowing when enough is enough, not knowing when you have learned enough knowledge to then be able to take it forward yourself. And so I've witnessed a lot of ones getting stuck in this loop of, oh, I have to keep learning. I have to keep researching this. I have to keep finding out more information. I still have to find what the best system is, what the best answer is. It's almost triggering to uh, head conditioning or head shadow, right? I, I have to keep going with this. I have to keep learning, learning, learning because it's never enough. And I can't take action yet. I can't initiate yet. I can't move forward with this because there is still more that I should be learning, Enough is enough. There is a threshold, line ones. And I encourage you to look into where might that wound have come from? Where might there be experiences in your past where you feel like you should have learned more before you took something on because you felt unstable or you felt uncertain with having a lack of knowledge? What was the consequence of that experience? Why did that hurt you? Why do you now have a wound and a fear? around that. All right. Line twos. Line twos are our hermits, really known as our introverted creative geniuses. Line twos love to have time away from people, um, particularly in manifestors. We will see line twos show up with long periods of hermiting that, that fit in with the rest cycle. You want to withdraw from people um, and, and be in your own space, be in comfort, be separated. Yeah, there's sort of a, a, there's a comfort that's involved in the line twos, right? It's not just that, oh, I want to be away from people. It's that I want to be in a space that feels good and familiar and safe and comfortable for me until I am replenished and then I will come back out again. Our line twos really use that hermiting, use that space as part of their creative process. So they have a very unique natural ability to create. I like to refer to it as conceptual creativity where um, line twos are able to just build things out, right? Whether it's um, designing or creating physical products or, you know, I've even seen line twos show up as like graphic designers, interior designers, even to the level of like project managers, business analysts. They kind of just have this natural ability to conceptually create things from their mind and from their energy, the wounding that I've noticed a lot around line twos, which I think is probably the one that I've seen most referred to in human design teachings, is that you, the line twos really have this fear of sharing their creativity with other people, right? They have this fear of sharing what they've created, of 
telling people about it, of really going all in and saying, look at this beast (laughs) that I just created, particularly when they're manifestors too. And so those creations are also part of creative urges and they are initiating it. So you have all of the fears associated with that, plus this line two wounding of it's far too vulnerable for me to share with you exactly what I am creating while I'm doing it. And I even have some of that fear remaining when it's complete and I'm still trying to share it with you because it's very exposing. You are seeing me on display in this thing that I have created and I don't want to be exposed to questions about that or any potential rejection or any feelings of inadequacy around it. Line twos deeply struggle with inadequacy, deeply. Is what I've created ever good enough? Have I done it good enough? And what I'd encourage you to look at as a line two is to dig into just the internalization of that creative process. Can you within yourself feel that what you have created is magnificent? And then can you allow that energy to show to other people? You don't need other people to tell you that it's brilliant in order for it to be brilliant. Can you accept that as the healing place for this wound? All right, our line threes, referred to in human design as the martyrs. Our line threes are the classic trial and error people. Um, I hate, I actually hate that they get referred to as trial and error. I, what I really have witnessed in line threes is that they just live life, you know, hand first, feet first, head first, whole body first. <laughs> like line threes just need to experience things firsthand. They've got to learn by doing And all of those things associated, it's like when you're moving house and you think, yeah, this is going to be great. I'll be able to pack, you know, the couple of days beforehand and we'll be able to just shift this here and shift this there. And then when you get into the actual house moving, you realize, oh, this process is not going to work. Like all of these things went wrong and I, you know, left my mattress behind at the old house and I lost my body wash and I, you know, couldn't find my favorite shoes and right. That's how line threes live. They live by, I've got to do it physically. I have to experience it myself first. And in doing that experience, that's when I learn. That's when I see what could be done better, what went well, right? They just live life large. They live life firsthand. And I think it's an incredibly beautiful quality because there's an adventurousness and an effervescence to the line threes. The wounding and the shadow frequency that I've noticed around the line threes is the internalization of that self-criticism, that they often perceive that other people are very critical of them. And so then they take that and become even more critical of themselves. There's a, a kind of humor and a lightness to the line three profile. And yet I've met so many line threes who are deeply self-critical deeply self-judgmental, feeling like, oh, I have to do these things and I have to make these mistakes and I can, I'm always making a mess and I'm chaotic and I can never get it right the first time. Kind of this like rolling your eyes at yourself as if like, oh, why do I have to do it this way when everybody else doesn't? You know, there's something wrong with me that I, I'm not refined enough. I'm not neat enough. I'm too messy I often do think that that probably comes from experiences I would expect in your younger years as line threes with people telling you to just get better, 
people telling you to just, you know, stop living life so chaotically, stop living life with such a mess and just, you know, work your shit out and get it together. And I think that line threes really do internalize that and and ramp it up several layers until they feel like I'm stuck with the burden of having to be a line three instead of realizing that the, the flip side of that energy is that there's a humor and a lightness and an adventurousness and an effervescence to being a line three. You are the people that learn by doing and then you teach all of the rest of us what we, what we don't need to do. You give us joy in the adventure. Okay, our line fours. In human design, our line fours are referred to as the opportunist. It's probably the one label that I hate the most out of human design, likely because I am a line four. <laughs> um, I think that line fours really should be referred to as the connectors or the relators, or the networkers. Because what the line four quality has the ability to do is to share intimacy with people. It's the the first of the lines that is interpersonal. So the journey is relational for line fours. It is about other people. It's not just about the self and the personal journey. The line fours are incredibly adept at meeting people, um, building intimacy and relationship with people very quickly, very fast, and very authentically. And then using those networks, using this big community and network and relationship with people for growth, right? Whether that's for personal growth. Often I find that line fours are very altruistic. So it's often about like, I want to connect to people in my community to each other so that they can grow, so that they can have opportunities rather than I'm going to connect people to me so that I can have the opportunities. But often as line fours, we do find that opportunities come to us through people that we know, which is a really beautiful thing. The wound that I personally have experienced as a line four is that there has been a lot of fear associated with that intimacy. This was something that I absolutely had zero recognition of. I was not at all even aware that this existed for me until I was going through some kind of old clearing out trauma work over the end of last year, the end of 2021. And in doing that, in releasing that trauma work, in transmuting that, I did a lot of somatic work during that time. I arrived at the end of that healing work and realized, oh my gosh, I I don't have any fear of being uh, intimately known in this public setting anymore. I had thought previously that it was just me being protective of my manifesto energy, but what it was, in fact, was that I was afraid of being that intimate, connected, available line four in a very big community because there is a vulnerability that comes with being that person who can intimately connect. There is a fear associated with being that vulnerable, with being that exposed, with having so many people who want to connect with you, who want to be in your space, and also of being able to see that, that, that vulnerability in others. Line fours have an amazing ability to see other people and to make other people feel seen. And so what I've witnessed a lot in other line fours, as well as myself, is that we do have a fear of being seen in big networks and big communities, big audiences, big spaces. Because I think that we are afraid that our vulnerability will get taken advantage of and we'll either get burnt out or we'll get used. 
there's some there's some emotional healing work that needs to go on for line fours to really allow us to have ownership over being seen as the line fours and really using that as an asset. If you're a line four, I would encourage you to dive into the emotional healing around that. What does it feel like for you when you think about being intimately seen by tens of thousands of people? Okay, line fives. Beloved line fives. Some of my favorite types of people are line fives. Our line fives are known as the heretics. Also a pretty punchy name that perhaps doesn't always lend itself to fully understanding our line fives. The line fives have the ability, yes, to be interpersonal, but where in the line fours, there's an intimacy to it. In the line fives, there's a universality to it. So yes, they are learning through relationships. Yes, they are connecting through relationships. It's about the interpersonal rather than the personal. But for the line fives, it really steps out into this, like, I don't want to meet with you one-on-one. I don't want to connect with you in these small group intimate settings or communities. I'm here for global connection, for universal, collective, big scale connection. Line fives have the ability to be problem solvers to bring solutions. They can identify what is not working and bring a very, very effective big scale solution to that. It makes them quite opinionated. It makes them quite fierce, quite direct. That's what I love about being around line fives is that um, there's this sort of boldness to a line five who is owning their energy. And what I've witnessed for wounding with line fives is that they often feel like they need to force themselves on other people. There is a lot to do with the line fives that works well with an invitational capacity. So quite like the projector energy of waiting to be invited to share your solution. Um, I know that that's tricky for people like manifestors and manifesting generators who, you know, don't need to wait necessarily for other people. Um, We're here to initiate things. But the line five energy does get received best when it has been invited in. So again, that's a whole different podcast episode, you know, a whole different thing that we'll go into maybe at another time. But the line fives, I find that they do have this wounding around, look, I've shared my insights in the past. I've shared my solutions. I've, I've shared my knowledge in the past. And people have been triggered by that. People have projected back onto me. Line fives experience deep projection from other people because your energy is so triggering to them. And I find that instead of shrinking back, a lot of line fives actually swing the other way and become quite aggressive and quite abrupt with like, this is me, this is my energy, this is the solution, this is your problem, I'm dropping it at your feet and I'm dusting my hands and walking away. I've also found that line fives have quite a bit of wounding around taking on problem solving in those intimate settings, saying like, oh, well, I feel responsible for being the person that solves the problems of my best friends, solves the problems of my partner, solves the problems of my children, solves the problems of my workplace. And then they get really resentful and really angry and really frustrated because that's not a good use of their energy. Line fives are here to share solutions that is not just taking responsibility for other people's problems. They are here to share solutions that progress and impact the whole global collective. So how can you go bigger 
with these things that you're seeing, line fives? How can you step out of that wounding of trying to play it small and getting stuck solving other people's problems, of getting angry and resentful and therefore being too fierce, too abrupt, too aggressive in what you're sharing? And how can you lend yourself into what are the big issues that I'm seeing in big spaces? What are the issues that I'm seeing in whole communities, in systems, in global structures? Think really big and move yourself into positions where you are sharing your opinions and your insights about those. Because taking responsibility for solving the problems of your best friend all the time so that your best friend doesn't have to solve them for herself or himself, that's a wound. That's a small space keeping you small and also keeping you frustrated. And finally, our line sixes. Our line sixes as the role models. They are often the teachers, the wise sages, uh, the people who go through the first 30 years of life as three lines experiencing quite a bit of trauma, quite a bit of pain, and then moving away from that after the Saturn return to become very reflective and very objective about all of those experiences and really finding the wisdom, right? I, I feel like as a line six, it's an experience of kind of seeing the silver lining of things. Oh, I went through all of this pain and I had all of these really troubling and often traumatic experiences, but now look at all of the things I've been able to learn from that. Look at the lessons that I've had. Look at who it formed me to be. Look at the insights that I can share. Look at the wisdom that I have available. The sixes naturally attract people to them. They naturally attract people. They are the role model, right? So they naturally attract people around their spaces who just want to listen to what they have to say and just want to do whatever they're doing and say whatever they're saying and think whatever they're thinking, right? Like often line sixes have this experience of like, oh, you know, I bought this new hat and I loved it and I put it on my social media and then a hundred of my followers went out and bought the same hat, right? You're quite an initiator as a line six. Other people want to be like you. They just, the number, you know, I'm a four six, right? So the number of people that have said to me over my life, I just want to be like you, Holly, when I grow up. I just want to be Holly when I grow up. And I think, why? (laughs) I don't even fully know who I am. Why would you want to be me instead of being you? But it's that line six quality. It's the role model. You are the leader. People want to follow where you are going. And the wounding that I have noticed amongst the line sixes is this space of not having ownership over your wisdom. It's almost as though we like to minimize and dull down the deep wisdom that we truly have. And so often you'll find line sixes, myself included, saying, oh, doesn't everybody know this? Like, maybe this isn't deep enough. Maybe this isn't wise enough. Maybe this isn't profound enough. And yet for other people, the things that line sixes see as nothingness, throwaway comments, throwaway insights are so profoundly transformational for other people that it can shift their entire life journey. Line sixes have a wounding in not accepting our own role as the wisdom keepers. We think our wisdom is not wise enough, that surely everybody has this wisdom and so we don't share it. 
we keep it to ourselves. We keep it small. I have found a lot of line sixes, particularly if you're a conscious line six, will then flip to really heavily relying on your other profile line, right? Really heavily rely on being a line two if you're a six two. Heavily rely on being a line three if you're a a six three. Because the ownership over that six line energy comes with deep self-reflection, deep confrontational ownership of your own power and a place of acceptance that when you share your wisdom, other people are going to see you as a teacher and as a master of that insight, of that topic, of that niche, of that area. They are going to look to you as somebody who knows what the hell you're talking about. And you as the line six can then feel this pressure to keep up. (laughs) What if I don't know enough? What if I'm not wise enough? What if I'm not insightful enough? What if I only have one piece of insight that I share and then people expect more from me? What if what I have to share is actually not as profound as other people seem to think it is? It's almost as though we're self-deprecating as line sixes and that's our wound. I do, again, again, I think that the line six wound often stems from being younger and having shared wisdom that is not accepted and people do brush you off and and um, kind of shush you away like you're not old enough to know that, you're not old enough to see that. And then we carry that into adulthood when we really don't need to because when you're an adult, you're in the position of, being able to have ownership over yourself, make your own rules, make your own decisions, create your own areas and your own platforms and share from those places. So if you're a line six and you've been experiencing that wound, I really encourage you to look at what are the things that seem like absolute common sense to me that I can share with other people? Because I promise you, other people don't know it. (laughs) The things that you know, other people do not know. Okay, everyone, that is it. We have gone through each of the six profile lines and their wounds. I hope this has been um, highlighting for you. I hope that this has has created a bit of a spotlight perhaps on an area of your journey and your energy that you may not have been aware of and that it gives you more access within yourself. I know that for me, certainly healing through the line six wound several years ago was pivotal in me being able to step out as an entrepreneur and successfully do so. Um, And I'm right in the midst of the experience of just having healed that line four wound and now really claiming ownership over that and stepping into a more intimate public profile. And so I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you informed as to how that's going, but um, it's already having a really beautiful, positive impact. So I encourage you to dive into this if it's something that resonates with you. Please, as always, share this on social media, share your insights, tag me. I just love, 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 love to see it and to connect with you. Feel free to DM me and share with your your experiences of it. Um, This has been a really fun episode to record. I'm actually really glad that this has been bumbling around in my mind for a while and my energy has been pushing to get it out. So I'm super glad that it is out now and it is just available for you to to munch on <laughs> and uh, experience and take within yourselves and see what it initiates for you. So thank you for being here and listening. I will catch up with you in uh, a couple of episodes. I think our next one is going to be a guest episode. So I will see you then. But until then, of course, as always, keep hunting for purpose. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also, please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast, and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.